There's many great shows on TV that you know you look forward to. But could you imagine turning on the television? It is the number one show across America. You, along with millions of others, going to sit down and watch a Catholic talk about faith. Well, that was exactly the case for Bishop Fulton Sheen. He had a number one show on television, and he spoke exactly that of the faith. Now, so much has happened in the life of Fulton Sheen, many books that were written, and now we await, hopefully very soon, a news of his canonization. Coming back from a trip where she was able to pray in front of the bodily remains of Fulton Sheen, our good friend, Julie Anderko, joining us today to tell us a few details that perhaps you may not have known about this incredible man. Julie Anderko joining us again today. Good morning, Julie. Thanks so much for joining us on the show. Good morning, Brenda. I'm I'm so glad to, to be here. When I read the stories of Fulton Sheen about how he was on the number one show, in fact, he was himself the show, A Life Worth Living. It was number one. Catholics and non-Catholics gathered around their televisions in the 50s to watch this bishop. It was incredible. And he had such an incredible life. And we, of course, we were awaiting his beatification it's been on hold, but we are praying and waiting that that announcement might come real soon. Tell our listeners a little bit about what you found out in a recent visit to Peoria. Well, I went to Peoria because my son and his family were moving there from Texas. So we did the caravan. It was quite a drive. It's like it's a 14 hour drive. I made it with kids in the van <laughs> and it was an adventure. I will tell you, we, we got to Peoria and my that was one of the conditions not really i would have helped anyway but my son had asked me would i help with the move and i said yeah if you can get me into bishop sheen when i'm there <laughs> and so they're they were doing a little bit of construction in the in in the cathedral at saint mary's and so it was closed they normally have it open but they have it open for like two hours out of the day and i'm like I'm like, Daniel, two hours out of the day when the public said, can you get me, like, can you get me in? Mm. He's like, I'll see what I can do. But he's brand new. So he goes to work on Monday. Uh, it's first day of work. Second day of work, there's no work. It's a holy day. It, it, they don't have work that day. So the third day of work, which is my last day in Peoria, he brings me with him into town to go to work with them. And he introduced me as, he said, this is my mom. And it's it's take your mother to work day. <laughs> Uh, I thought that was cute. Fun. But so we went to, because the cathedral was not open because of the construction, we went in and had mass at the pastoral center. And afterwards, he he just like asked a few people, you know, like somebody he knew, how do I get my mom into the cathedral? And there was a gal named Anna and she was going to be going over there working. She took me in. So I had it in off hours for three and a half hours to myself. Wow. And it's a stunningly beautiful cathedral. I took all kinds of pictures. It's magnificent. But Bishop Sheen's body is there in a side altar. And they when they, when he left Rochester, it was it was really quick. Like mm-hmm. when the approval came to move him, because you know there was controversy exactly. about it. So when the approval came, they didn't go through any uh, uh, pomp and circumstance or anything. They didn't do anything like that. They didn't open up the coffin there. They didn't open it up at this end. I asked the sister who was part of that, I go, well, which is the head and the, and the feet? He's just, I don't know. 
But anyway, they had this marble altar built and they just set the coffin inside of it and put the marble altar, put the lid on it. Mm. And so he's in a side altar there. And I was there by myself with him. And you know how much I love the saints. And and I love him. He's He's written 66 books and I've only read a few of them. I think he's a better writer than a speaker and he's known for speaking in his show. Exactly. Um, but he also had this great love for the for the missions and and he was in charge of the propagation of the faith and he was when I went to the they had this little museum there little but it was really well done for the space they had and he just comes alive when it comes to the missions Mm. he just comes alive like that's where his heart was he just was that his heart was there you know and also as an academic but because he could reach more people through TV, he made that decision to go into TV when, when he couldn't do both. You know, exactly. he was in academia, which he would have preferred. Uh, but anyway, so I had this time to myself there and I got to pray at, at his altar. You know, Brenda, I knelt there. I put my forearm on the altar where his whole body is and I put my head down put my head down and I prayed. I prayed for everybody who had asked for requests. I prayed for the station because, Mm. you know, he was in media and I had asked Pat, what do you want me to pray for? And so he gave me some things. I prayed for you guys and I prayed for people that didn't even ask me to pray that I owe prayers to. I just prayed for everyone. Then I I kind of straddled the kneeler and sat there and and prayed some more. So I prayed at one end and then the other end and of his body and and just, just felt a great, uh, peace. I knew, I know I'm in the presence of a saint. I mean, around Peoria where they moved, it's very Catholic there. And there's a little boy. Well, he's not little anymore. He's about 13 years old. And his, his, he was still born. And it was because of his, I guess, resurrection from the dead. I mean, he was dead for almost an hour. And mm. through nonstop petition to Fulton Sheen, he started breathing and he lived and no brain damage. Brain. He's a normal boy. He lives in Peoria. He's a living witness to the fact that this man is a saint and wants, you know, needs to be, oh. to be canonized. Um, what a miracle. And uh, anyway, it was just the most amazing experience. I love the saints. And I, instead of just like a little relic or something, I just got to be there. And I felt like it was a connection with heaven and, and I cannot wait till he is beatified because that his tomb then is created to be an altar. So once sure. he's beatified, they'll be able to say mass. Oh, yeah. excellent. Julie, during his life and in death, it just seems like his legacy has just been controversial. He's suffered. There's been, been infighting. That's exactly the seed that the devil likes to sow. He is trying his best to keep Fulton Sheen from being beatified. It seems like the closer you are to holiness, the more the forces are working to try to bring you down. Oh, you are so correct. And these forces, his whole life was controversial that way. Um, He had that issue with um, Cardinal Spellman, who, who had it in for him because Pope Pius XII ruled in um, Bishop Sheen's favor. It was, a controversy over paying for powdered milk for the missions. Hmm. And it turns out that they had to go to the Pope and, and he's like, you know, forgiveness, you are your brother bishops 
forgiveness is the key here, but the milk didn't cost um, the Cardinal anything. It was donated from the city of New York. And so the Bishop and his organization propagation of the mission should not have to pay for it. And that was what the whole issue was about. And, um, but then when they get outside the meeting, the, um, the Cardinal yells at Bishop Sheen and said, I'm going to get you for the, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just, and, and he did, he demoted him. His number one show was canceled. Uh, he was demoted to what would be considered backwater then in 1957, uh, Rochester, New York to be the Bishop there and, and soundly chastised. And, and there was a lot of, um, orchestration by Spellman to get others not to like him and to discredit him and to be against him. And that sort of thing, that's sad when that's in the church. We still have a call to holiness. And and Bishop Sheen, you know, he wrote his autobiography during those years when he was, you know, retired and everything. Mm-hmm. He 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 never said a word about it. He never wrote about wow. it. He never said a word about it. We know about this because of historical facts from others, but not from Bishop Sheen. And he suffered greatly. And it's really hard to suffer injustice. It is really hard to suffer when, when, when the world is being told there's something you did, you know, your show is canceled. You've been transferred, blah, 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 blah. What were people thinking? Were they thinking, what did he do? You know what I'm saying? And then also within the church to try to get others to be against him. This is, this, this is just, this is the devil at work. Oh, for and, sure. and even in death, in his even canonization, in death. we were awaiting his beatification. And then at the last minute, it was pulled. It was pulled. And yes. so we await again. And as we talked about in a previous interview, Julie, eternity is what we are living for. What happens here on earth, temporal. And it I is. think Fulton Sheen is probably, you know, living his reward for all the suffering and, uh, Boy, it'd be exciting for us to wait. Hopefully very soon we continue to pray for Fulton Sheen. And thank you so much for sharing the story and joining us today. Uh, It's an important story I think many people were not completely aware of. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure.